you do need an ecosystem fundamentally because you can't say, oh, here's your brand new house, but oh, now you've got 300 apps with 300 passwords <laughs> and you now need to connect them all up yourself. And, you know, you've got to figure out, uh, you know, how all these things attach to your wireless network. For most of the past decade, smart home has been an aftermarket game. You buy gadgets, you fit them into an existing house, you re-engineer, renovate if necessary, maybe wiring, connectivity, and make it work, sort of. What about building homes smart from the ground up? KB Home has built over 650,000 homes in the United States. They were the first builder to make every home Energy Star certified and they're now making a concerted effort to make every home smart. We're chatting with Dan Breidelman, the company's SVP of technology and a bunch of other stuff. Welcome, Dan. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks, John. How are you? Hey, super pumped to have you with us. Let's start here. What's your definition? What's a smart home to you? Boy, that's a, that's the million dollar question. I think a smart home could be as simple as somebody that has a thermostat that you can adjust easily, you know, with your voice. But I think for me, a, a smart home, though, fundamentally, structurally, has to be built with smart technology in mind, meaning that at the infrastructure part of it, like the great thing about being a home builder is that you get to develop a community. And coming into the community at the same time, you're creating that community. Why don't you create that community with bandwidth in the first place? Because, you know, bandwidth is key. And so being able to put fiber optics into a community at the very beginning before you even start it so that you can offer the appropriate bandwidth to be as smart as you want into a smart home. You know, the word smart has so many meanings to it and it could contextually mean something very different to a gamer versus a, you know, a 55 move up who, you know, wants some simple things. But to me, I, th I think it, it just depends on, hey, lifestyle, what you want and how smart do you want it to be? Because First of all, a lot of smart things, I think you mentioned at first, could be shiny objects that looked really great and you put it in your house and it lasts for a couple of days and you stop using it. Mm -hmm. so to me, the things that work are those things that continue to work that are behind the scenes that help you grow and help you get smarter that you just don't even know that's there. So we all know the obvious ones. You can know a smart garage door, a smart thermostat, you know, a, a way for you to be able to access Alexis or Google via any room in the house and ask it for music. You know, you can raise shades, lower shades, change lighting scenes, have new lighting scenes, you know, drive your car in the driveway, no one's at your house and have the garage door open, set a scene for you as you walk in the door. Your music is playing, the mood lighting is ready, um, you've bought, you know, different colored LEDs. So, John, I, th I think the, the range of that is really up to somebody that really wants that level. I might just want to be able to, walk in and have, you know, my smart door lock, just recognize my face, open the door for me and let me in. So that's a, he's saying it's a great question. I think that's a question that is individual, but yes. um, having the foundation to say, let's create something that allows you to build on that platform is probably the right, the right way to go. Helpful. I like that. I think it is helpful and it is as unique as people are for what they want. Some people don't want a lot of technology and some people can't handle a lot of technology, but others who may be, maybe they're not the most tech savvy in the world would 
be shocked and pleasantly surprised if they walk up to their front door and boom, it opens because it recognizes them, right? I found it interesting that you said the foundation of smart home was a community. And it's interesting because we see that cars are getting smarter and cars are smarter as each car is smarter and they're sharing information, so, you know, traffic jam down the road or whatever. It's interesting to consider if communities get smarter as houses get smarter and sharing, you know, there's somebody suspicious in the neighborhood or something like that. What do you have to do to make a home smart from the ground up? I mean, like we don't want to always just be adding chunks and bits and components. So you've got the connectivity. Is there anything else you want to put into a house from the ground up to make it smart? I think so. I think you have to make sure that, and we had talked a little bit uh, earlier about what makes it all work is how do these applications all work together and, and make it smart. And, you know, you got to think about technology and who owes that technology, who owes that space, who owes that sort of ecosystem in the house. And so what you try to do is you try to look at partners that are smart about the products they make that go into a home that kind of stay agnostic to whether or not you're a Google person or whether or not you're a, you know, an Amazon person or whether or not you're a home kit person, you have to find products that are agnostic so that you can offer a customer things that they're used to. Yeah. The other thing you can't really think about doing either is that you do need an ecosystem fundamentally because you can't say, oh, here's your brand new house, but oh, now you've got 300 apps with 300 passwords <laughs> and you now need to connect them all up yourself and, you know, you've got to figure out, uh, you know, how all these things attach to your wireless network. And so what we need to do is we need to have that seamless integration where there's a singular app that you can go to today. And, and today that singular app, you know, could be something simple as HomeKit or Amazon or whatever it is, because there's not this one ecosystem that runs today. And you have to be careful about not putting in things you're making people pay for that they don't want. Yeah. Right. So that's the important thing. Now I think at KB Home, our business model isn't let's build it and hope they will come and I'll show you what's the best for you. The nice thing about KB Home is our model is I'm going to say additive, meaning that we give you a great base smart home to begin with, but then you get to go to our studio and start to pick and choose those things that make it like your own DNA. What do I want to add onto this house that'll make it mine? And so you're not making somebody pay for all this automation at the base that they don't need or they don't want. But you can now go to a studio and say, okay, I do want to increase my, I want to have a gaming room. I, I want to have a smart room. I want to have the smart front door. I want to have a front door, smart doorbell. I want to add on many, many things. So I think that you start to do this with understanding what your requirements are when you kind of walk in that front door. But at, at the base though, fundamentally is the ecosystem that runs all that has to be, has to be smart enough so you're not having to say, oh, I need to have a separate app for everything. That is the trick. I, I love that answer because uh, I, I probably have 20 apps right now to, to run my home. You know, there, there's one for the garage door, there's one for the front uh, video doorbell, right? And that one also has uh, Nest on it and a couple other things there. So, you know, so there's some consolidation, not a ton. Every time the internet totally goes out <laughs> or you have a new network coming into place, you've got to do the dance and reconnect a lot of things. That's not a lot of fun. <laughs> That's the opposite of fun. 
I've often wondered if we need a home OS or something like that, you know, home operating system that everything connects into. And there's sort of one place there. And I've also wondered if people want like an Apple home, a Google home, Amazon, maybe let's ask this question. What percentage of people want a smart home to start with? I mean, and, and I guess that's hard to define because we've already said that smart homes are as unique and individual, but if we just assume that there's a fully smart home, fully connected, what percentage of people do you think customers do you think want that? So I'll start with this. I would say that 95% of everybody that walks into a brand new home, they want it to be internet ready. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they want to be able to hook up their provider and have an internet ready home. So I, I think that you could say is ubiquitous today. Everybody needs that. You know, from there, I would say everybody wants a little bit of technology and everybody gets a little bit of technology just by the nature of the things that are in the house. So most appliances today come, you know, internet ready and smart. And 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 it's at the same cost of maybe an appliance that wasn't, I'm, I'm going to use the word smart, that wasn't intelligent. So you get some things just by the nature of the way the industry is moving, right? And so... Whether or not you turn them on or not, it's completely up to the client. So I, I would say that at, at its core, some things that are basic, you think about five years ago when a car came with the ability to have a map in it, or you were able to sync your phone to your car. At first, probably nobody did that. Oh, it's too complex. But today, most everybody expects at least to sync your car with your phone. So I would think at its core, what I've seen most people probably want is things like a smart thermostat, right? I'd like to be able to manage the heat and the coolness of my house when I'm either there or away. Most people want to have a security system that's smart. I mean, I want to be able to look at my security system when I'm at home or away. A lot of folks want to have a smart doorbell so I can see who's at the house. So some of those basic things five years ago that we thought were cutting edge to me today are what I'm going to say is probably more basic. And I see most people want those things, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So things that are further out are more cutting edge things that we can talk about as well. But I'm going to say this, that entrance to the house, who's at my house, your ability to control your heating and cooling, basic things like that, most folks would expect to have and get Let's go away to the nth degree here. I, I think you're right on where most people are. Let's go way out uh, to the, I don't know, the, the, the small percentage who want everything totally smart. Interviewed the CEO of Miso Robotics recently. They make Flippy. Uh, it's a hamburger making robot. And we talked about smart kitchens and essentially robotic smart kitchens that, you know, can cook for you. And that's a quasi available right now. There's different bits and pieces. Uh, do you see something like that becoming part of a basic home 10 years from now, 20 years from now? 10 or 20 seems like the right thing. You know, I, I would say today, you know, we, we have a great partner in Whirlpool. And some of the smarter things that Whirlpool has done with their appliances, for example, if if you have a picture of a product you're going to cook, and let's say that you're a novice, you don't have any idea what to do with with a roast, you know, through through a Yumly app or through a picture of the roast or what you have, it could give you exact instructions on, you know, what to do with that roast, press a button put it in the oven, it will check the temperature and it'll tell you what it's done. You know, I, I see that happening more in the next five to 10 years than 
having a robot be able to come in and do that for you in the house. I, I wouldn't say it's not ever coming, you know, but we all know that things change rapidly and some things that we didn't expect just occur. So mm -hmm. 10 to 20 years, some kind of robotic. And I, and I think it would be less Star Wars-like than, than more about preparation-like, meaning I'm using some level of robotics to, you know, help me get things in and out and in, not necessarily just this super AI person walking around the house asking me, you know, okay, can I make a Manhattan for you before I cook your steak? I, I think it'd be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like that. Can I have two, please? But I, I do think that if you start to think about aging in place and a, a crowd who is technologically advanced, having assistance in the house uh, in 10 to 20 years, that does include some robotics. That's not so crazy out there. That is within reach for sure. Yeah. It's interesting when you consider, right? Because if you look at the amount of delivery that happens right now and the massive increase of home delivery that we've seen over the past 18 months, 24 months, I've got a neighbor, there's a UPS truck out there literally twice a day. <laughs> I don't know what they're buying. I don't know yeah. what they're getting, but there's a UPS truck there. And you can imagine we're getting self-driving cars at some point. Uh, Elon Musk eventually will come out of beta. And we'll see what, what goes on there. And we see that Amazon is working with self-driving technology for its deliveries as well. You can imagine a future in which they've got a self-driving delivery, maybe even a drone delivery. Uh, Google is initiating that in the U.S. this week, I believe. Uh, hopefully I haven't broken an embargo there, but this, this won't launch for a while. So I haven't done that. Uh, you can imagine, embargoes, yeah. Exactly. You can imagine a home that accepts that autonomously, you know, there's, there's a slot that opens on command or something like that. And something slides in and the, the kitchen stuff comes in from hello, fresh pre-packaged and you know, the robotic arm on the counter knows what to do to mix it up. That is pretty futuristic. Uh, but let's take it back to a little bit of reality here and, and talk about simplicity. One of the things that goes out the window when we have smart technology is simplicity. My mom is 86 and she struggles with using her smartphone. She struggles with using other things like that as well. You mentioned you don't want to give somebody 30 apps. Can you envision that KB ever comes up with an app that allows you to control just about everything from one interface? Yeah, of course. I think that ultimately science will get us there, right? Whether or not, whether or not we're the developer or we partner with an integrator, I, I definitely think that there will be technology out there that allows for that seamless integration to do yeah. those kinds of things. It's funny, you mentioned, we were talking a little bit about delivery and I think it was three years ago, we did a, what's called KB Project, which was a home of the future at the Consumer Electronics Show. Nice. And, you know, just exactly what you talked about would be, we demonstrated how in a new home, you could build a receiving unit up above for a drone to be able to, you know, take a code, unlock it, drop your package into a safe place, into a slot. And, you know, your packages would be safe, delivered, and it could be drone accessed or come down below just a pull-out drawer where you could receive those kind of packages from, you know, a land drone. So mm -hmm. I don't think that's a 20-year thing. I think we're going to see more and more of that in the next, you know, three to five years. So again, going back to the infrastructure, I mean, it's pretty hard to add on a drone delivery on top of your roof, but when you're designing houses from the ground floor up, you can start to think about how do you get the right wiring, the right technology, and, you know, the things that you would need to do something like that. 
you know, we're, we're partnering with a lot of folks to push edges of technology, certainly with, with solar today. And we've got several partners and SunPower is a great partner for us with solar as is Tesla. And, you know, think about it in California where probably within the next three to five years, it'll be all electric, right? You have all electric. Pushing the edge of technology with microgrids, meaning that think about resiliency. We're we talking about, well, what makes you smarter, but think about in California today, resiliency of what happens when the temperatures are 110 and there's a Santa Ana and the winds are coming 90 miles an hour through, through the canyons and electrical companies are shutting off grids because they don't want to create a spark or a fire. And so you're stuck without power. The resiliency of a community at startup, though, is you start to develop what's called microgrids, where through the use of solar on your roof, through the use of maybe battery backups at each house and battery backups at the community, and then you can start to store that energy you're producing during the day, use it at night or in case of emergency, or use it to arbitrage, you know, energy rates as, you know, the energy costs real high at seven o'clock at night. Well, just take the, just take the energy out of my battery instead. Now to do there though, you've got to have a smart load unit, a smart load center. Mm -hmm. So we partner with a company called Schneider Electric to put smart load centers in these communities where when that technology becomes available, you know, you can do things like that. So I think John, for me, the point is, is that as a home builder, picking the right partners that have an eye for the future and understand technology is also going to be the key to all of this as well. I love that you went there because uh, you're, I mentioned you're the VP of technology. You're also the VP of sustainability. And guess what? A smart house is a, a house that gathers its own energy, <laughs> that dispenses it as needed, right? And yeah. that continues working for you when the grid fails, when there's a disaster and making our our lifestyles more sustainable, but also uh, more robust in the case of disasters, accidents, whatever, is a huge thing. Uh, making solar default, storing that power, as you talked about, absolutely love that. Well, let's stay a little bit grounded, but look out maybe 10 years. What do you think a smart home looks like in a decade? Well, if you think about where were we 10, just think about 10 years prior to here. Okay, so we think about 10 years in the future, think about 10 years prior. What was the day in which I think Steve Jobs announced, you know, the iPhone? It has to be about 10 to 13 years ago. 2008, I believe, yes. 2008. I mean, not that long ago before we had this little thing in our back pockets that had this much processing capacity. And so if you think about technology, keeping at that pace, seamless entrance into your home, your car and your house, your car will share its power with the house. As it drives in, you park it in the lot, it consumes the part of your car. You know, as you walk through the home, scenes change. I, I think bio, I, I'd say more on the healthy home side, circadian rhythm lighting. Like, for example, when you come home at night, one of the things in the wintertime, when it gets so dark so early, we start losing a little bit of that track of where it's at. But why not create that same lighting that you get in the summertime. So circadian rhythm lighting, matching up with your own biorhythms, cleansing the air that's in the house that's around you, you just understanding your mood and what you want and the simple things, you know, you'll be able to get probably the way that you get groceries to your house today. Some people might go to Amazon and dial it up and get delivered. Some people might call up uh, your local store and have it delivered, but a smart appliance with 
you assigning what's important each week when it goes away, like the milk and the broccoli and coming out of your fridge, that'll be auto-delivered, you know, to your house. And it, like you said, if you have robotics, could be actually stored back in the refrigerator when it's done. So, I mean, if you could just, if you can think it, <laughs> I think it, it, it could be there. Now, some people may not want any of that. So I, some people yep. may still want to go to the store. So having the option to do it or not, I think is probably the smartest thing. And you mentioned simplicity. I don't know, Craig will back me up on this. Every every internal meeting I go to, I kind of quote Da Vinci. Okay. And I know that sounds a little cliche, but you know, Leonardo Da Vinci said, you know, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Yes, it is. And if you think about that, I love like when I would watch an old Apple say YouTube and the engineers would talk about the inside more than the outside. Yep. You know, how beautiful the inside is, the simplicity of how it was built. At KB Home, the same thing is from the engineering up, the simplicity in how you design a house. Look, for example, we haven't talked about water. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, none of us can survive without water. So water is probably the most precious resource we have. So how do we start to design systems around the capability for it to save as much water as possible? Maybe we actually create more water in a house and what you're using to give it back. And so how do you design a system so that plumbing systems are on top of each other? You're minimizing the amount of runs. You're, you know, the water is heated instantly so you don't waste it. Any of the water that's gray water that can be recycled and reused in the yard, in the toilets, is where I see 10 years from today too, is, is maximizing, making the house work for you and work for the environment. Cleaning the air, cleaning the air that you put back into the air will be important. But ultimately, I think, John, I mean, if we think about reducing our carbon footprint, right? The best thing we can do is create a fantastic envelope where I don't need that much energy to heat and cool this house. Because that means, number one, I'm not producing carbon, but I'm also not taking carbon back out of the grid. So great envelopes, very efficient systems thinking about how we use water and then using smart technologies to take advantage of all those types of, of I'm going to say applications will be really, really important. And I, I, I'm speaking like into the future, but some of that stuff today is real. Yeah. And you asked me about solar. I would tell you that probably 99% of people who have solar are not putting it into a battery. They, you know, you have a, basically a net metering process where the solar on your roof actually feeds the grid, does not feed your house. So when electricity shut off to your house, you really don't have electricity. So wouldn't it be nice if that solar is going to a battery in the event you have a shutdown, you now automatically use what you generate during the day. So I think the area of solar and those types of technologies will be fantastic in the future. Absolutely love it. I love the emphasis on water as well. Imagine that reclaiming what comes down on your roof, putting that in a cistern locally, you know, using that maybe for gardening, for, for lawns, if you've got those, uh, those sorts of things. Very, very interesting. It's also interesting to consider in the future ambient intelligence, right? 
increasingly we're making objects that are intelligent, but increasingly we're subsuming that intelligence invisibly into the structures and things that we're creating. And, and the wall maybe knows what load it has and the window knows, okay, I need to uh, become opaque because the sun is coming straight in right now. And the roof knows when it's not doing so well anymore. I, I look forward to seeing some of those things come out as well in the future. Daniel, this has been a lot of fun. It's been eye-opening. It's been super interesting. You've built 650,000 homes. When will you hit a million? Very soon, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Thank you. Very soon. <laughs> John, thank you very much. Oh, it was helpful and it was very great talking to you today and, and hopefully we'll meet again sometime in the future. <laughs>